Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Onside Kick Family Hour, SB Nation's NFL podcast. We've got, as usual, Stephen White, Danny Kelly, and PFT Commenter. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber, and we, uh, we've got a really good show in store for you today. It should, be, uh, it should be a rewarding 40 minutes of your time or so. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Awesome. I'm doing great. Riding hot about that U.S. Women's National Team victory last night. You were pumped up about that. I saw you wrote a little bit of a of a get get psyched up piece yesterday on the site. I'm telling you, women's soccer it's like it's like football in the off season. It's great. I love it. It's CC Andy Benoit. Yeah, yeah. You need something to think too about what a real sport looks like. I think I don't think that guy's picked up a baseball bat or a football or anything in his life. Too busy grinding tape. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know how it is. We've been grinding some tape of our own here, and uh, it's 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 June. How are you guys doing with the off season? I started to kind of miss it a little bit. Like for the first time today, I'm like, man, I kind of miss the I miss the regular. I don't, you know, it's nice not to have to work like a dog, but it's also <laughs> like, man, I kind of miss it a little bit. It's actually July now, Ryan. And we are, yeah. <laughs> That's just, I mean, it's the off season. I never know what day it is anyway. A whole month of July. <laughs> you know, I think it's, uh, I think June was really the first month that gave us enough time where there wasn't any real serious football news going on, where, where it let us step away from the game for a little bit, which was great. Um, because we, I think everybody needs at least like two or three weeks without football in their life per year. And then you start getting horny for it again. So I think that's a perfect refractory period. And I'd also like to wish everybody, um, maybe you guys don't celebrate this, but um, for the last three years I've been celebrating White History Month in the NFL in July. And today gets it kicked off. So um, pretty happy about that. Yeah, it's. I mean, and you've often said that the whites really deserve their own month. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, just... Finally, a chance where we can celebrate um, white culture and talk about white people for a change. <laughs> I'm not touching that. No. I mean, there was a like a Triple A baseball team. <laughs> oh yeah. Was, you know, a yeah. white appreciation night or something with mayonnaise sandwiches. So I, I don't know. Yeah. That didn't turn out well for them either. It so. did not. I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the majority of uh, the internet saw the. Uh, saw the. I guess the irony. I, hopefully they had some irony. I don't know. I can't imagine they would come up with that without that. Surely, but. Whew. It is, but you know what? It has been. That is a good point, though. It has been a quiet off season. I mean, we've had a little bit of Deflate Gate stuff, but it hasn't been. You know anything on quite the level of the lockout or Bounty Gate or Ray Rice or you know the 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 off-field legal stuff that sort of consumed our summers for the last three or four years here. Thank God for that. Yeah, it's kind of a positive. You know, and, and it's funny because I think we've talked more about contracts this yeah. off-season, especially kind of contracts for some big-name guys. You know, quarterbacks, obviously, Des Bryant, Julio Jones. T.Y. Hilton, some of those, some of those big name, big time offensive players are all up for a possible contract extension. That's taken up a lot of oxygen from the off season, and that's that's sort of a refreshing change. Although contract talk does make people pretty stupid, and I think 
the uh, Russell Wilson conversation has definitely gone there. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh, I would for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of months in Seattle in terms of the coverage there, and uh, it's kind of funny just because it seems like you go through this with every star player, especially quarterbacks. It's like we've reached the point in in time where the fan base is kind of turning on Russell Wilson a little bit because he wants to be so highly paid. And everyone kind of forgets that, like, every, you know, every player is going to go for top dollar. Like, you know, there's no reason for him to not, you know, try and get as much as he can possibly right now. So uh, it feels like a little bit like people are a little starting to turn on him a little bit around here. Well, and I thought the piece you had yesterday actually went into it pretty well. And it's, you know, it started out with the concept of, I remember you and I talked about this. It started out with the concept and we, it was something that actually grew out of this podcast, which is a, a kernel reward for, uh, for our most dedicated listeners there. I got a, a little pitch, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, the idea of Russell Wilson on another team, what he would look like, what he would play like. And you make, you know, a really good case that, you know, he'd still be a very good quarterback on, pretty much any team he played for. Yeah, there's obviously, you know, the Browns and the Rams and places like that where quarterbacks kind of go to die. But it's, uh, you know, he this is a guy that, you know, he can play football. There's just no question about it. And and it was interesting, too, because you also saw Wilson this yesterday, same day, um, tease a little bit about, you know, whether it's, he what was his quote, whether it's $25 million or $1 million or 150 yeah, whatever point. his salary is this year. Yeah, he said whether it's 1.5 or 25, I'll be ready to go. And then, of course, people jumped on that like, I mean, just like it's like thro- like throwing, you know, in Arrested Development when Job throws the pennies on the table and all the people just freaking go for like try and like grab as many pennies as they possibly can. It's like that's what it felt like when Russell Wilson did that. And it's like, um, you know, Pro Football Talk jumped on it. Of course. And- Talked about, you know, oh, this means he wants to play for $25 million. He doesn't, you know, just say things. He's, he's you know, whatever. And so, um, and then, of course, Russell Wilson's agent tweeted out right after that that, you know, oh, I wish he had said 40 Then it would be really interesting, you know, <laughs> sarcastically, of course. And I don't think a lot of people understood that. It's it's crazy the amount of things people don't get on the Internet. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, right? Tell me about it. <laughs> but, uh. But I mean, yeah, like a lot of people thought he like his agent was being serious, and and oh my gosh, it's just like, yeah, it, this has been dominating the headlines where I'm around, like in Seattle here, and um, you know, I think people are just completely sick of it, which is why we kicked off one of my, one of our writers, Kenneth Arthur, kicked off a uh, Russell Wilson vigil. He's going to write one article every day until Russell Wilson signs, <laughs> <laughs> and it's dedicated to Russell Wilson. So. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's it's given us something to write about, that's for sure. Everyone pretty much hates us for writing about it every day, which is awesome, but... <laughs> well, you know, when we've talked about numbers before here, and I, when he threw out the $25 million thing, it's curious, it was conspicuous, because it's not, a, it's a number that's been batted around before in the discussion of contracts, especially his quarterback yep. contracts and his contract in particular. And it's really, I mean, now, with any NFL contract, as you know, it's there's the context of it, the guarantees and the cap number and then the annual values and stuff like that. But it's not really an outrageous number considering where quarterback contracts are now. I mean, $20 million is sort of the $20 million per season is sort of the, the, the new floor 
for a starting quarterback. I mean, for the kind of quarterback that you want to keep around on your roster, the kind of guy that's not, you know, you can't just bring in Nick Foles to replace him or something like that. So, I, I mean, I don't think that was an unreasonable number. I mean, this is uh, – Stephen, I mean, is, is, is he way off base to think that? I'm sorry. I lost you uh, there for a while. Yeah, I lost, I lost you too, but uh, I, I get where you're going, and I think that – so I'd like to bring up the point that I made in my column on Monday on the uh, Monday morning bowel movement, and that is uh, Russ Wilson is coming off the worst day of his professional life right now. Um, the image that's fresh in everyone's mind from that guy is an interception. He's an interception quarterback. <laughs> You're only as good as your last throw. That's uh, that's a common thing that you hear from a lot of scouts, and I, I believe it. And, um, you know, the time to ask for a raise isn't after your worst day at, at your job. I mean, I don't know what your guy's worst day of your career is. Um, I've personally never had a bad day. I've got – I have good days and I have great days. And <laughs> – and um, that's what the poster on my wall says, and that's what I believe. Um, but if I did have a bad day and I wrote a bad column, um, I wouldn't come to Ryan you know, five minutes later with my handout saying, hey, I need more money so that I can perform better. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had any really, really bad days at work that you'd want to share, and then maybe I can be a judge of whether or not you, can, uh, you would have a case to ask for more money after that. Hmm. <laughs> A bad day. I'll tell you what a bad day at work for me is. Is like it's a Sunday in the regular season, and you know where it's a it's it's the mad panic, and somebody gets something out, and you know it's like it's all fucked up. The headline's wrong, or you know you've got Peyton Manning, and you meant to say Eli Manning, or something like that. And no sooner do you get it out there, Twitter finds it every damn time. <laughs> it doesn't matter how minor the mistake is, but you know it's like a live fire drill on Sundays in the regular season. And sometimes mistakes like that happen. And like, you take it way, you take it very, per- I take it very personally, obviously. And it's just like, God, I hate it. I can't do this. This is terrible. But, uh, you know, it's not a Super Bowl interception or anything like that. I didn't, during those, during the first Super Bowl, the Seahawks Super Bowl two years ago, uh, right during the first quarter, I got locked out. I got banned from SB nation. <laughs> for. Uh, <laughs> For uh, sorry about that, Danny. No, you know how they have like the new thing now where if you post multiple links in the same comment, you get like locked out. Oh, yeah. So I kept getting, I I was uh, posting links to the to our like game thread or whatever and uh, got banned from SB Nation during the Super Bowl. And so I was like hectically trying to get figure out how to get back in. It was pretty, that was just a day in the life of a blogger right there. (laughs) <laughs> Luckily, the game the game was pretty great though. This last year, not so much. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a time and a place to ask for more money, and <laughs> I had some fun with it. And I said that you know FDR didn't go to Congress and ask for more walking around money the day after Pearl Harbor, but so that's many. you know that's kind of a joke, but it's also very not a joke, and it's true. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's uh it walking around money. That's like one of those slow, like, burn jokes. Oh, man. Oh. Look, to be honest with you, when, when I heard this whole thing, I thought he was just saying a nice round number. You know, you say 1.5, yeah. and then you say 25 because it's got five in it. 
but it, that is kind of the ballpark number, maybe a little north of what guys like Cam or what have you have been getting. But it, it's, a, it's a reasonable number. When you think about where the league is going, because we have to remember, this has to be a forward-looking contract. He, what, what do they always say? We're not paying you for what you've already done. We're paying you for what we think you will do. Yeah. He's already been to two Super Bowls, okay? And he's only going to get better, and you're adding weapons now. So his value is only going to keep continue to go up. And you talk about the TV money coming in, stuff like that. The salary cap keeps going up. That's right. It, to me, in the grand scheme of things, it's not outrageous at all. Especially when, like we talked about last week, look, what you're going to do without him, okay? Yeah. You got to factor in the price of not having him along with the price of having him. So uh, I just feel like uh, on a team like this Seahawks team, which might be the closest thing to a dynasty we've seen since the 90s Cowboys, you got to keep that guy and you got to find a way to do it. And why not do it now when it might end up being a cheap contract three years from now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that too, that's the cap discussion I've seen kind of bounce around on field goals and, you know, various places around the internet. People are like, well, that's such a huge chunk of their cap. That's up to 16% of their cap or whatever. Like, but it's like you say, I mean, you know, you've got to factor in rising caps. I mean, you know, through the end of this current collective bargaining agreement, I think it's pretty safe to say that the cap's going to go up every year. And we've seen some pretty, you know, almost 10% jumps on the cap over the last couple seasons. And now you're really getting into the part where the new TV deals are kicking in. So now, you, you know, the caps are even bigger and you're going up nine, $10 million, eight, nine, $10 million every season. So a cap, a huge cap hit in 2016 or 2015 isn't as big of a cap hit in 2016 or 2017. And it's like you say, I mean, you know, you're probably saving money down the road and then as opposed to waiting on it. Because then you could get into another quarterback situation, which is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum for this offseason. The one you've got in Buffalo right now, where Tyrod Taylor is getting hype from his head coach. Yes, Tyrod <laughs> Taylor is getting hype from his head coach. Uh, Danny, have you, are you, have you kept up on the QB situation in Buffalo? What are your thoughts on that? Is Matt Castle the starter or what? I mean, Has Tyrod my, my, Taylor got a chance? Uh... I doubt it. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I, I doubt it. I, I don't know. You know, it's always funny how these kind of storylines come out during the middle of the season. And coaches seem to have, I always think like coaches, especially like Rex Ryan, they, they seem to have good ways to motivate players. And so perhaps that's kind of what's going into this. And, um, but yeah, to me, it, it seems obvious that Castle will be the starter. And then, you know, potentially you could see Tyrod Taylor make a run at it. But I mean, I just like, I I don't really know a whole lot about Tyrod Taylor to be honest. Does he have very many snaps in the NFL? <laughs> That's a good question. Does he have any? At the end of games, sometimes the mop up duty and stuff like that. And then he played a little bit before. I think they sold in um, long term uh, yeah. with uh, uh, I can't. Joe Flacco. How can I forget that guy? <laughs> all, his, all of his eliteness. But, um, I, you know, he shows flashes. He, he's kind of a... He's only 25 you know, he years old, too. Yeah, he likes to take off and run. He's very athletic. Got a good enough arm, but it, it's only flashes. You know, when, when he's gotten time, you know, you see the good and the bad. Sometimes he makes some very bad throws. Sometimes he makes some wild throws. And so I'm sure going into this thing, they didn't think he had much of a chance, but maybe 
you know, he's finally matured to where he's ready to actually try to contend for a starting position. And, hey, with what they got on their quarterback depth chart, why not? Yeah, yeah so I, watched, I studied Tyrod's film when he was at Virginia Tech. I watched almost all his games when I was there. Um, and, you know, he was – I think he was below 500 for his passing attempts while he was in college, something stupid like that. And if you can't outduel Maryland, how are you going to beat the Patriots? This is like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. And are we, are we seriously having that conversation about how Matt Castle is a starting quarterback? It's the year 2015. Of course he is. He's proved himself. He's, he, so far, Matt Castle is the best Brady backup quarter, former Brady backup to, to to step out of the spotlight, step out from the shadows, I mean. So, you know, he's got that going for him. But there was even talk today, I noticed, on um, our network site, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Rumblings, some mention of uh, a potential quarterback platoon, which is, you know, which is kind of an interesting concept when you do throw Taylor into the mix because – Obviously, you have a little bit of a different skill set with him and Castle. But, uh, you know, I just don't – the quarterback platoon, this isn't – you know, you're not talking about a relief pitcher in the ninth inning sort of thing. This is a – it's a quarterback, you know. Wouldn't that be the least effective platoon of all time, though? Like, if you have Matt Castle on the field, what are the chances <laughs> he's going to scramble? And then if you have Tyrod Taylor, you really think he's going to throw a deep out? Exactly. Exactly. You're telegraphing your plays there. Have we given up on EJ Manuel then? I, I think it sounds like have. they have. Yeah. <laughs> we might not have, but it sounds like they have. So, <laughs> and look, look, it was it was one of the funniest things watching him play last year. It, it really was. I would sit there and I will see him get his wide receivers blasted all of the time. Every single game, he's leading guys in the contact. And I swear it to, to this day, I'm saying I believe their wide receiver uh, Woods. Was yeah. about to beat him up during a game. <laughs> right before halftime, he threw him right <laughs> into contact. Two guys knocked him out, Robert Woods. And he went straight for EJ Manuel. He wasn't <laughs> mad at the guys that hit him. He was mad at the guys that got him hit. So, uh, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't know very many people that were high on EJ when he came out. Everybody was pretty much surprised that he was the first quarterback taken. And I, I just think that he probably should have sat behind somebody for a couple of years. Um, maybe he still has a chance to be a good quarterback, but he hasn't shown it so far. Yeah, and that was a, the, the that was, that he was a first round pick. That was just sort of weird chapter in the Bills' history. You've got like that the Doug Marone era there. That because that's when they drafted Manuel. You had the Marone. That's when Marone was there, and then you had all that weird stuff with Moreau. Or with the guy leaving last year, you know. I yeah. thought Jovi was going to take over the team. Yeah. Yeah, that was like that was like a season of playmakers. Yeah, <laughs> it really was kind of. But I guess maybe if that doesn't work out, it sounds like uh, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But it sounds like PFT commoner and give me your excitement level for the potential that uh, that Brett Favre thinks he could still play. Uh, um, I mean, I think he could. I draft him every year in fantasy football just in case. Good idea. Uh, just, you never know. And, you know, it's always good to have him on your roster just just in the event that he does decide to lace him up one more time and head out there. Um, has anybody asked Brett Favre about the Confederate flag, by the way? <laughs> I don't think so. That's a good question. I feel question. like we're about that 
part of the off-season news cycle right now where that could that could really make some waves online. Um, the thing about Favre is he's he reached like almost Mike Ditka levels of like grand promise where you don't really give a shit what he says because he's just so old and decrepit and you know oh that's just old Iron Mike for you he'll say whatever he thinks. Brett Favre was like that when he was in his twenties. And I don't, I don't know how he got there that quickly, but I think it's something that we should all aspire for as Americans to, uh, to be able to say whatever we want without being judged for it. <laughs> That's my Brett Favre take. I don't really, I, I hope he comes back, but um, you know, I, I understand if he wants to spend more time with his tractor and not having sex with his wife. There's another quarterback kind of in the news lately. I, I, this is I, this. I feel bad for quarterbacks because anytime the news cycle does slow down, there's not a scandal or something going on. It's like, man, these guys. The media just lines up. That's they just dump their takes. It's take dumping season for quarterbacks. And who of all people had a hot take this week? Yes, that's right, Mark Brunel. No, he said RG three isn't good enough for the NFL. No. This is Mark Brunel saying this. PFT commenter, do we do we put much stock into what Mark Brunel says here? I mean, he would know, right? I guess so. Um, I'm always going to – I don't care. You know, you can bring up Mark Brunel's past record with the Jaguars or whatever you want. I'm always going to remember Mark Brunel as the guy that cried when talking about Deflategate. That's it. That's his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? He was crying? They asked him about Tom Brady taking air out of a football, and he cried because he cared so much about the integrity of the NFL's rules that a quarterback would even think to do that. On national television, he he wept. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He really did. I mean, you could Google it right now. It's the, it's, it's, it'll be. It sounds like like the guy who was crying because, because wrestling was fake. It's still real to me. <laughs> That's what Mark Brunel is for the NFL. Absolutely. He's he's wow. the he's the John Boehner of TV pundits. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys talk about whether what he said was factually accurate or not, but I mean, to me, that's just who he's always going to be. I mean, he sounds very sensitive when he's talking about RG three. So you're you're spot on <laughs> with that one. I, I, who knows whether or not uh, RG3 will rebound this year? What I can tell you is that he's got the physical ability, when healthy, to be a very good quarterback in this league. I think that uh, he's an intelligent guy, so I have no reason to believe he can't read defenses. I think he's got everything you need. He just he had the injury, and then he had to fall out with, with uh, Shanahan, and things didn't get off to a good start last year, and a lot of it, wasn't even him. You know, it, it took to half the season was over to, for people to, to even notice that the defense was fucking terrible, like it had been pretty much every year uh, uh, under that defense coordinator. But, Jim Haslett. You know, Jim Haslett, with, look, don't even get me started on that guy. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, I just don't know how he kept his job that long. Somebody must have finally found and burned all the pictures that he had stored away. <laughs> Because there was no way he should have kept that job for that long. But everything was not on RG3. So here's what I'll say. He's got weapons around him. He's got an offensive-minded coach. He's his second year in the system. 
and he's healthy. So we're going to see. I don't give a shit who. You look, you can get Joe Montana or anybody else to, to give me a hot take on RG3 right now, and I don't <laughs> give a damn. This year is going to tell us pretty much everything we need to know about him one way or the other. So I don't think we need guys like Mark Brunel, look, who's not very good at judging things. You know, we won't talk about his uh, uh, investing experience and, and all the money he lost. Uh, we don't need all these hot takes from these guys when this will be the year that we'll know one way or the other if he's uh, uh, equipped to be an NFL quarterback. It's And, you know, and I and I think, too, it's, it's like if he does if, – if, if he stays healthy – and it doesn't like Washington does somehow decide that they don't want to they don't want RG3 to be their guy anymore going forward. It's one of those situations I feel like he'll probably go to another team and rebound and maybe be just fine because like Washington's one of those places like it's so screwed up. It's like Cleveland in that sense. It's such a screwed up building. It's such a screwed up environment that it's just it's not healthy. It's not a healthy place to grow and develop or anything like that. And it just it just seems like that, uh, you know, the well's poisoned there, and if he can get out and and drink water at some other location around the NFL, he might be all right after all. It might be way better off in the end, but we'll see if Washington. That'll be the the subplot of all that if Washington can get its shit together at all. Uh, spoiler alert: They can't. They won't. <laughs> I'm gonna just jump in right now and say that. <laughs> Uh, not until Dan Snyder sells the team. I, I, I can't imagine that's happening. Anymore. I think they should do a platoon of Kirk Cousins and Colt McCoy at quarterback. How's that sound? That's a good idea. I would pay to see that. Never know what's coming with those guys. I would actually go to FedEx Field and watch that. And FedEx Field might be one of the worst places in the NFL to watch a game. <laughs> you, you, you would definitely be able to get in cheap. Because nobody else wants that game. You have the whole stadium to yourself. <laughs> They took out all those seats <laughs> this year. <laughs> Woo, man! I, you could—it's definitely the off season. We, we're, we're stretching a little bit here. Speaking of stretching, how about this Dallas Cowboys starting running back situation? I saw the coach came out this morning and said uh, said that they're still deciding between uh, Randall, McFadden, and Dunbar. Um, so the worst law firm of all time. Yeah. Randall, DMC, and Dunbar oh, all your, for all your traffic ticket and stolen underwear needs. <laughs> stolen cologne. Too. Wasn't there some cologne involved in that team? Cologne, maybe? underwear, That's something right. else, I think. <laughs> well, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. If you're to the point of desperation where you're trying to steal some underwear, um, you know, if there's some issues going on there, then it's only natural that you'd also look for some cologne. It just seems like a... A, a muddy backyard type situation he was going through and he did what any other man would do in that case. So I can't really fall I mean, maybe it was like an emergency situation. Like one of those deals where you're like on a trip or something like that, or you're in between meetings and you don't have time to change your clothes. We got to do something. Cause you got to go. I mean, has anybody actually people? addressed this in the media? Maybe he crapped his pants and he didn't have his wallet and he needed to get some new underwear. That's, you know, that's, and I think that's, you know, you gotta, there's context is everything in a situation like this. Yeah. Context is key, as it usually is. Um, hey, did, did you guys know Deshaun Jackson had a television show? I did not know that. I found that out today. I did not know that either. No. Nope. Yeah, I think it's on BET. Yeah, it's a, rea- it's, to, it's a reality I haven't found out because of the BET Awards, which is an event unto itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially on Twitter. But, yeah, they showed the... 
um, the previews. And, and you know, he's he did like a cameo on that show Ballers too. So ah. uh, he's getting out uh, out and about this off season. It seems he is. And then today he came out with the with I guess there were quotes from the show that the Eagles were had run a smear campaign against him. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said that um, that the Eagles had run a smear campaign, but because remember there was that like there well, was yeah that, there was that a, yeah a whole I mean, bunch of leaks. He's not. I don't know that he's. I mean, you know, campaign. I don't know, but it was pretty curious timing that like with his release and then that whole report. Does Sean? You know, does he have gang ties? And you know, because he grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Right. And does he have gang ties? It's like, well, yeah, considering where he grew up, yeah, he has yeah. friends and family that are probably in a gang. Yeah, it, that sounded funny at first, but now that you remind me, it was a little bit of, it you know, was, some, some down talking going on when they released him. Yeah, trying to find a way, you know, a reason for why they would have done it, basically. Yeah, it was a curious. It was it was really curiously timed, you know, media report for that to come out with think, all that stuff. Did they say something too about him being late or something like that? And yeah. He, there was like a whole bunch of stuff at once. Yeah. Little stuff that we hadn't heard the whole time. Yeah. It just, you know, it was like, and it fed into the whole, the Chip Kelly thing there. But I, I thought, uh, had you seen that this morning, PFT? Uh, you know, I, I saw like a clip of him riding in a car. I just assumed that the entire reality show was just like him riding in various cars. I, I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention to it. I don't watch BET and, and I'm on a BET strike until um, the until we're forced to have a WET as well. <laughs> but no, I, I didn't see it. Um, my guess is that it's just him kind of trying to, uh, he's got like some hip hop guy that he's promoting or something like that. He, did well, he that. has like a, he has a label, I think. Yeah. He's got his label. Yeah. Not my speed. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. He has a label. I, re- I don't remember what, but I'm sure that, uh, but uh, you just wonder what Chip Kelly and Riley Curry, Riley uh, Cooper were talking about with all that. Riley Curry. Riley Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's an opportunity to do like that. Remember that Accidental Racist song from a couple years ago with LL Cool J and yes, Brad Paisley? Country dude, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's like room for a collaboration where uh, Riley Cooper can have a, a guest appearance on that show and they can they can squash the beef. It's on. It's and it's on. And it's really it's a single jointly released on. DJ Axis and Kenny Chesney's label. Yeah, that, there we go. I think we just solved it. <laughs> and there's and there would have, but there'd have to be a song with Drake. There, we know what it featuring Drake or something on it. Too, it feels <laughs> like. But uh, I, you know, it just made me think of, of all the players. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Hard Knocks, but I mean, if, if anyone had a reality show, my dream reality show for an NFL player, NFL personality, period. A Randy Moss fishing show. Oh, that would be good. I would, you know, if I were in a situation where I could produce television shows, that would be at the top of my list of things to do. I'd watch that. I mean, who wouldn't, right? That's a good one, huh? I'd watch, um, I'd watch CSI Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> and... Oh, so man. the Dunkers just got kicked off the air, so you could you could put the Cromartie family in there on 19 Kids and County. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> I, you'd have Bruce Aarons. It's just it's Bruce Arians in the off season. He just he sits around and yells at people about drinking water or something like that. 
I don't know. I don't know. It seems like maybe what Bruce Arians does in the offseason. I don't know. But uh, he, he's certainly an interesting character. Jim Tom Sula, there's another guy that might be an interesting reality oh, show. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. I, I, I made a list, too. I, I like the idea of having a Jay Cutler show. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, he's already got the, the wife who's been in reality TV. She could really help out making storylines every day. It'd be very much like the Kardashians, but way more, like, moody and and somber. <laughs> More smoke. So, I, I, I would watch that. Yeah, I would watch a Jay Cutler. Hell yeah. You could have his wife could bring on Jim Carrey for a special guest appearance on a, <laughs> on a very special episode where it's childhood vaccination time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Michael Bennett, Martellus Bennett show would be amazing for the record. Yeah, yeah that really great. would be. That would be a good one. Those guys are and hilarious. Both of those guys are special. Just yeah. Hey, I, I have a Michael Bennett question. Is Michael Bennett, Danny, is Michael Bennett going to hold out? I don't think so. I, you know, I don't, he doesn't have very much leverage. He just, signed another, he just signed a contract last year. Yeah, so for those who don't know, he, he's one year into a four-year deal uh, for $28.5 million. He signed last year. Um, and then, you know, obviously he played really well last year. He... His sack numbers were just pretty average. For, yeah, I think he had seven or seven and a half sacks. But his his hits, hurries, and and uh, QB pressures numbers were like through the roof. I think only behind JJ Watt and Justin Houston. So that kind of gives that kind of tells you what kind of player he is. Um, super disruptive and, and really really good. Moved all around the Seahawks line. But the Seahawks, you know, they set that precedent with Marshawn Lynch a couple, like two years ago last year, and you know he wanted to renegotiate his deal. Uh, two years into a four-year deal, or three years into a four-year deal. And the Seahawks basically said, no, we're not going to negotiate any contract until the final year of it. So, um, I don't know, it seems kind of weird that Michael Bennett would be doing this. I, my hit, my little pet theory is just that he wants to get a little press. And so, he, you know, he, he feels that he's a little underrated, and this is a good way to get yourself into the news cycle and people talking about you and and realizing like what you do. And, and I think it's worked, honestly, like people are talking about how good he is and, you know, whether or not he's worth it. And, you know, but yeah. of course in the, in Seattle, the fans are like, you know, shut up. Like, you know, people are starting to like get mad at him or whatever. But to me, it's just like one of those things. Like, so it's, it's a funny off season story. He's kind of taken the whole Richard Sherman, uh, you know, tack that like you know any press is good press, and and the more your name, more name recognition, the better. So that's kind of what I think is going on, but we'll see. Dan, what's happening to that franchise? It seems to be just in total meltdown <laughs> mode lately. They're in disarray. <laughs> this is the like falling off. It's Washington West here. <laughs> uh, Seattle. I mean, they're they're a really really good team, but they've got some characters, man. It's it's a funny team to cover just because there's always something going on with with somebody you know bruce Irvin too is another guy who's kind of like been in this year and so um no that it's a great team to cover because they've got so many characters and and everybody you know there's there's something happening every day with these guys the thing i don't understand about michael bennett is one why would he sign a below market deal which evidently he did last year in the first place yeah two you know, you knew what you were getting into, so why are you complaining right now? Like, he knew what they were going to do with him. And so, it, it, to me, yeah. it would have made more sense to just get a one-year deal 
last year if you didn't like any of the offers that were out there and then prove yourself again until whenever somebody really committed big money to you. I thought last year I thought that they were getting a steal with that, with that uh, contract because I thought that people were going to offer him a lot more than that. You know, and his, after what he did the Super Bowl year. Yeah. But last year, uh, you know, he basically took over for Red Bryant. So, like he says, he is doing more than pretty much everybody else except maybe J.J. Watt moving up and down the line. And he, I think his quote was, they want me to play five positions, but I'm going to play me for <laughs> yeah. one. Which is a pretty good quote, actually. But, um, yeah. you know, to me, I just look at it like, well, you knew that was going to happen. Why would you allow this to happen to yourself? And that's why I think he's just kind of like getting his name out there. Like honestly, and you know he's he does this show on NFL Network now, and he's kind of making the media circuit with a whole bunch of different things. And you know he, I I just personally don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think there's much point to it at this. You know, like one year into a deal. So to me, it's more just like a publicity thing. I I could be totally off base there. Maybe he really is like pissed about it. But um, yeah, I just I think he's kind of like doing the Michael Bennett thing and, you know, <laughs> talking talking in the media and, and getting his name out there. Yeah, PFT, well, you've been to Seattle. You did some on-the-scene reporting there. What's the matter with this team? <laughs> uh, I think it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they legalized marijuana up there a couple years ago. Ah, yes. You start, you know, you give a mouse a cookie, Ryan, and, um, and they come asking you for a $100 million contract next thing you know. Um, I will say that Michael Bennett, maybe he uh, did himself a little bit of a disservice when he was so insulting of the reporters who were just trying to do their jobs and asking questions after the Super Bowl. And he kind of lashed out at us a little bit. That It was a very uncomfortable environment in the interview room when he accused a portly reporter of never having uh, done any athletic activity in his life besides picking up a tape recorder. Um, that's not how you win friends in the media. And uh, I think that he should be paid less as a football player for insulting that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story, by the way. And it was not Pete Prisco. It was uh, somebody yeah. else was there. Well, you know, here's something I did not know about Michael, but I was just looking at his pro football reference page. He was actually he, this. He was traded from the Saints to the Chiefs in 2007 for a fourth round pick, and then the Chiefs tra- or the, in 2006, and then in 2007 is when the Chiefs sent him to the Buccaneers. So the Chiefs no, could have no. had Michael Bennett too. That's not right. Is that not no, right? That's not right. No, he uh, he got cut at the end of training camp. With the Seahawks, and then he came yeah. in immediately to the Buck. Okay. I don't know how that how they got that. I don't know why that's up. in there. That's in their trade itself. section there. That's weird. Yeah. But trust me, I, I know this because that you know, like I say, oh, I no. love uh, Mark Dominic to death, but he gonna have to answer for <laughs> not uh, signing Michael Bennett to a long term deal uh, before he let him go to Seattle. He, you know, if I ever see him, I'm not saying you know he's gonna get physical. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to answer that question to my satisfaction. I just—that's one of those things. I don't even care about the Josh Freeman stuff here, but Mark Dunley <laughs> got to answer for that one. And I, yeah, I'm so thankful that he let him go because Bennett's just yeah, like, number one. Number one, he's like a really great player, but also he's just hilarious. He's a great guy to like to cover just because he says funny stuff and he he always you know he does his like pornographic. Uh, like hip sway. Oh, thing. oh yeah. <laughs> Rick Rude. 
Yeah, he's, he's so good, man. He's the awesome. bicycle thing last year was one of my favorite. <laughs> oh yeah, I got the T-shirt for that. <laughs> I think the guy had nine sacks here, and we let him walk. But I couldn't fucking believe it. I still can't. He had, the, and this is just, and this is just sacks. I mean, this is just you know one, you know the most, the sexiest measure, I guess is the appropriate yep. term for Michael Bennett. But the sexiest stat for a defensive lineman, not by any means the most conclusive, but. In two seasons in Seattle, he's already had 15 and a half sacks. And that's, he had 15 sacks total in four years in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, he, he had did. nine that last year. And yeah, I know. He was getting ready to be the man. I, I just, this dude, it's crazy. look, we're still looking to replace him. That, that's how fucked up it is. We're still looking to find a defensive end that could get nine sacks in a season. And like you said, really to him, Nine sacks is the the like low on the totem pole because he brings this attitude yeah. to your team that you just love. It, it's not just the 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 celebrations, but you can see on the field that the other players really gravitate to him and kind of follow him. You know, he, he wasn't even supposed to be a leader on the team that last year. He was supposed to get supplanted by a second year Daquan Bowers. Daquan Bowers shows up. Yeah, out of shape and stuff, and so he and gets hurt, and so he ends up getting the nine sacks, and, and it's a remarkable story because he got benched in the off season for no fucking reason other than the guy they put in front of him was a second round pick, and he still goes out there and gets nine sacks, and these dumbasses, sorry, I don't mean to call everybody at one book place, but whoever decided not to resign him, definitely a dumbass, didn't <laughs> resign this guy after nine sacks. We, we'll never. It will be two or three years before we find another guy with nine sacks. Yeah, that was the uh, that that has uh, curiously overlaps with the Greg Schiano era. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That motherfucker. <laughs> boy. Woo, shit! Don't even get me started. And he hated Michael Bennett precisely because of the stuff Danny talked about. He loves about him. You know, he was a character and yeah, kind of went. Goes to his own, the beat of his own drummer and stuff, and, not, and Shiano just hated that because he wanted robots that just did everything he told them to. Yeah, yeah. And Pete Carroll's the funny shit was after a game, Michael Bennett actually sat down <laughs> after we played Washington and we lost because we blitzed. And uh, this was RG 3s first season. He ran like a eighty yard fucking run at the end of the game, <laughs> put the game on the line. We blitzed and nobody had contained. <laughs> and Michael Bennett explained this explicitly to the beat writers, and oh boy, Shiano didn't like that because he basically said, I, "I knew before the play started that we was in trouble, but hey, that's what the coaches called." <laughs> man, <clears throat> Shiano, man, I still every time I still I that the your song PFT commenter the Shiano man song. I, I need to I need to find somebody who can sing to record that for me and play guitar or play piano or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a smash hit now that he's three years out of the NFL. Now's the time to really strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> I, maybe this is maybe this is the this is looking like way ahead, but uh you know, maybe maybe he's one of the new coaching candidates this year. And we, we can only we, hope. We, Black Monday rolls around. Maybe then Greg Schiano comes back to the his triumphant return to the NFL. Because I guarantee you, there is some NFL team out there that will probably hire him at some point in the next couple of years. Mm, Browns, the Cleveland Browns, probably <laughs> or Washington. There's no fucking way somebody to be stupid enough to hire him as a head coach again. It just 
Look, I, I'm uh, that dude makes my blood boil right now. I'm about to have to take a blood pressure pill. Because <laughs> he's so. He had every opportunity to turn his franchise around, but he actually made them go further backwards. They spent all this fucking money, which they wouldn't spend when Raheem Morris was the head coach. You know, he gets a, a fucking $40 million safety. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? <laughs> you know, brings in, uh, uh, like, big-time offensive lineman, uh, Vincent Jackson, who's still here, thankfully, and, and actually the one guy that panned out. And he made everything worse. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> well, we better, let's move on for the health of our contributors because I really, I mean, I got to have you guys in game shape when August rolls yeah. around. So um, it's been, like we said, it's been a quiet off season, but uh, this Friday is July 3rd. And then uh, that, if uh, you work anywhere around the NFL media, you know that that is a... Uh, an ominous date because that that's kind of a perfect one for news dumps because most people will be have left work by noon on Friday, I suspect, and won't be paying attention. They'll be loading up the family and making a break for wherever it is they're going to go for the 4th of July. And uh, that seems like a good time to, uh, to dump a few, to dump some bad news out there if you're the NFL. So I wanted to get and uh, see what you guys could predict for me for uh to do my job for me, if you will, um, to uh, to predict what headlines could be dumped on Friday, Thursday or Friday afternoon. Danny, what's your prediction? Give me one news dump you think could be coming this Friday. Well, I know PFT already said this, but definitely the deflate gate, uh, you know, whatever they decide on that, that's got to go up, you know, thir- or whatever, Thursday, Friday afternoon, right before the 4th of July. And, uh, or whatever it is, and 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 that's definitely going to drop. I, I I don't want to steal PFT. I know he's got a list already, so I don't want to steal his thunder. <laughs> Steven, prediction? Uh, I think they might actually uh, name which city is headed to LA. Ooh, yeah, Ooh perfect time. Get everybody pissed off on the on the uh, holiday weekend. So they, they might go ahead and announce one of the teams that's going to be playing in uh, LA in, in 2016. Yeah, is you know what that is one of those things that's going to come when nobody expects it. I mean, the NFL's trying wants you. You hear all those, all the talk is like, well, the NFL's going to really walk slow walk this process and try to control it so you know you don't have alienated fans for a season or anything like that. But I mean, like in St. Louis, they're already saying that you know you might not even have forty thousand people in the building for the home opener. The home opener against the Seattle Seahawks. Oh man. So, I mean, it's not like, what are you going to do there? I mean, season ticket sales and ticket sales in general are down by double digits. So, I mean, I just don't know how much more you're going to alienate fans. You've already hired Jeff Fisher. What more can you do to piss off fans there? (laughs) You know, really the upside would be that right now it's like three or four teams who could be facing those attendance woes because they, you know, fans in those uh, cities think that they're leaving. Yeah. Well, if you name one team, now the other teams can go ahead and, and go about the business of getting their fans to show up uh, this season. Yeah, and you still have, and you still have either the second opening in Inglewood at that stadium, or the Carson Project. If you still, you know, they don't want to. I mean, they still have their leverage for stadium negotiations right. in those cities. So, yep. PFT predictions for a news for some news dumps. Well, I think Steve's kind of right on the money here, but I think it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think you're going to see the Chargers and Raiders both announce that they're moving in together in L.A., and they're also going to gay marry each other. (laughs) I think 
I think that's probably going to happen. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd say Friday. And uh, I also think that the Redskins could use this weekend as an opportunity to change their name to Redskins spelled in all cap letters. I think that would be something that Dan Snyder might be up to. Um, I would also keep an eye on Jared Allen. You know, going into the 4th of July weekend, I think he might kind of announce a three-day retirement just so he can spend the entire weekend really paying respect to the troops and then uh, get reinstated on Monday morning after he's done his due diligence. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good prediction. That's a very good prediction. i interested, always interested to see what happens there. Um, I'll give you mine. I think, uh, I think you're going to, I think the Greg Hardy appeal is going to get decided this week. Ooh, there's a good one. Okay. Cause I mean, it's been like over a month since he, they, the NFL heard Hardy's 10, the appeal of his 10 game suspension and you're ticking the clocks ticking toward training camp. They're going to have to get that taken care of because if they decide to sue or anything like that after this, if they don't get the positive outcome, they'll have to have some time to expedite that case too. So I don't, I, I think that might be the one. Um, I never, never underestimate the possibility of a Dan Snyder news dump over this weekend. A lot of people, it's July. A lot of people call it the grind. I call it the find because you never <laughs> know what you're going to find out there in the headlines. Oh. Yep. Well, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting weekend. I'd just like to say thanks to you guys, and I'd like to say thanks to the troops since I was the first person to say it. That, uh, that means I'm the most patriotic out of anybody here on the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was fun as usual, guys. It has been a good day. It's been a good podcast. We uh, we we scrounged around and found some breadcrumbs to 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 fill fifty minutes of your time. That what else are you going to do with it? This week in July, there's no football. We're in between women's soccer games. And, uh, you know, you just got to, you've got to, we're here for you. We're filling your time. We're, We're taking care of our good listeners. Guys, thanks for joining us today. And, uh, have fun out there and be safe this week. All right. Thanks, guys.